left, right. This episode, my friends, has been a long time coming. This episode is about masculinity and whether or not masculinity itself is toxic or is toxic masculinity something completely different from regular traditional masculinity. So I pose the question to you. Let me know in the comments and uh, enjoy the episode. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Live. This is Sip Talk, episode 227. My name is Justin DeGiulia out of my basement in New Jersey, joined by James, the Bosnitter Boswell, philosopher, philanderer, philanthropist, a man of many PHs. James, how's it flying there? Uh, we got a tropical storm that's going to miss us, which is unfortunate. Thank you for the non-news. I, uh, I well, it's, it's flying. Like, if the tropical um, storm were to hit, uh, then stuff would be flying. Uh, yeah. Uh, fair enough. And James, a man of the waves, is always tracking tropical storms and impressions and and weather patterns. Always hoping for good waves there in sunny South Carolina. I'm always hoping for a hurricane to hit dead on South Carolina. Like bring a Category Three with the eye hitting, like with the eye crossing over downtown Charleston. I, you know, I don't know about you, but when we were kids, I always was hoping for a snowstorm. When I feel like everybody else was like, "Oh no, we don't want snow," I was and uh, well, Mister Lee, <laughs> I always wanted a snowstorm. I, I mean, I figure if I was a teacher, especially if I was a teacher, I would definitely want a snowstorm. Well, you remember Mister Lee's like snow dance, right? No, not maybe. Oh, it was more like a prayer where he'd like get down on his knees and like go snow, <laughs> snow. You don't yes. remember that? Vaguely. So this is a teacher who overtly wanted uh, wanted snow. I don't. I mean, it never made sense to me. You get a day off. It's quiet. It's peaceful. You get to do outdoor outdoor shit. And and sure, you got to travel some snow. But like, that's dude, why. snow days were the best. Um. Oh fuck. I'm, am I? I'm, maybe I'm not mic'd. Oh fuck me. Uh, I, I can hear you just fine. You can hear me. Yeah. Uh, I'm being told my mic may not be. Uh, but we can hear you. Regardless, all right. Well, well, then who cares? Like, if you're coming you through clean, that? like, what does it matter? Default mic. Let's. Uh, let's... How's this? Is that any better? Yeah, it's deeper. Oh boy, deeper is what I go for. Uh, yeah, I've been practicing my adult voice uh, for our episode on masculinity, and that's a good segue into our topic. Our topic is we're back. <laughs> toxic genderism, toxic waste, toxicology. Toxoplasmosis, Gandhi, Toxic Avenger, Intoxication. Today we are mostly... I was just trying to come up with as many things that involve the word toxic as possible. Today we are talking about toxic masculinity and whether or not masculinity is toxic or not. And we're going to... So I think really the reason that we've chosen this topic, I don't know if you noticed this the last couple of episodes, you know, we've really kind of hit this critical threshold where our viewership is kind of borderline too high. So at the point where we have too many viewers, and that's probably why we crashed uh, in the last episode. We just lost the bandwidth, couldn't carry us with so many viewers and listeners. So we really, you know, in an effort to streamline our show and to keep, you know, clarity, and, you know, we like to upload our episodes with kind of crystal clear, high definition. So we have to eliminate some viewers. And to do that, what we're going to do tonight is just piss some people off. Unfortunately, and I feel more of the pissing off uh, is going to be done on my part because I I don't know where this this episode is going, but I just feel myself defending masculinity and and, and that's see what happens. This I, is I, basically you just admitting I'm aware that I'm wrong and I'm going to power through it. I didn't say I'm aware that I'm wrong. I said I said I'm going to piss some people off, and I feel like the majority of the people that are going to be pissed off, just given. I've existed in, in the last five years. The majority of the people are going to be pissed off by masculinity, toxic or not. 
And and the majority of the people are going to be saying, you know, masculinity is bad, man spreading, mansplaining. These are bad things, which I agree with. Which Hold I on. agree with. <laughs> Makes me think of uh, another one liner that I heard uh, a guy posted. <laughs> My wife has been using the term mansplaining wrong. How do I tell her? <laughs> All right. So my question for this episode, um, which because I don't know where to start, really. So my question for you, I want to start with the article that of, you had, and we, we both have a lot of notes. So should we specifically start with my... the the question that opened the the article? All right. Let me introduce the article. Let me introduce the article. The Just article read the question from, first. Well, let me introduce the publication first because oh, I think okay. that yeah, that's, that's relevant. That might that might sh shed some light on maybe implicit bias here. The magazine is called muscular development and i can tell you i guess probably th those who are listening to us and 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 can't see anything but the woman on the cover of muscular development uh her biceps my guess are probably about 19 inches around uh, and she is a rather masculine looking female uh and the article is titled and not that the cover has anything to do with it i'm just you know it's it's, it's a it's just a pretty brolic looking young lady. Uh, the article is titled, Is Anti-Masculinity Toxic to Men? And I had, it's, it's, it's not an article, it's a, in paragraphs. And it's in the legal Q&A section of muscular development. I don't know. Right. There's so any, any legal. All, hold on a second. I think we need to acknowledge, first of all, that this is a magazine being written by meatheads. Arguably, yes. Although I, I will note that when I when I see these magazines, these these men's muscle magazines, most of the time the editors are not these brolic steroid using uh, muscle heads. Most of them are are fit men, but they're not they're not the kind of brolic veins popping out of their forehead men that you would expect. So usually the editors and a lot of the writers are not are not on that that level. Hang on a sec. I got to kick the cat out and I want you to read the actual question that opens up this article. Okay. Well, go ahead. Move the, move the cat. I can see because we are on video here that James has a cat wandering around the back of his room here. And I had suspected maybe that the door to his room was closed and that this was exactly going to happen. So the article titled is anti-masculinity toxic to men. And this is a question to the legal team at Muscular Development. The question is, why does it now seem okay to put down traditional masculinity? And I think those that are in my camp with this conversation, that we, we see a value to traditional masculinity, uh, we feel that that aspect of the mascul masculinity is under attack. And that's what, we, that's what we don't like. Well, the first thing when I read that question, like what was screaming in my head was objection leading the witness. Because <laughs> if you were to ask such a question in court, like the the opposing counsel would would object, and before the before the opposing counsel even finished saying what they were about to say, the judge would just hammer down the gavel and say sustained, because it's a terrible question. It. <sighs> Yeah, but I, but I, and I think I've had this conversation with with some of my friends. You and I probably have had this conversation about aspects of masculinity being under attack. You know, and I, I can understand mansplaining being under attack. It's a man interrupting a woman. I actually had a meeting this morning. I don't know. There was eighteen people in the room and another fifteen to twenty five people on the Zoom call, and there was a woman in the classroom who in the in the conference room who kept asking questions without raising her hand, you know, and, and, and I was inviting input from people, but she, and most people raised their hand and I, and I said, sure. I called to them when I was finished breathing the, the last breath of my sentence, I'd finish my sentence and call on them. And there was one instance in particular where she started speaking in the middle of my sentence and I just continued to speak and spoke over her. And, she, and I mean, this went on for probably like six or seven seconds, which in that setting, is rather long. And I, I revisited afterwards and said, look, you know, when you're giving a meeting and somebody just speaks at a turn, woman or not, and I do this for men as well, uh, you know, when you're leading the class, you can't just stop talking and let everybody have the platform. You are leading the platform. And, and we went on to, 
to use that as an example of authority. And when you're on the phone with your clients and the clients have a million questions, but they're just not being productive, you can't be on the phone for 45 minutes if somebody wants to be on the phone for 45 minutes. And we went on and on and on. Um, but I think most people can understand when, when man spreading being under attack or mansplaining being under attack. But I think we're also, a lot of us men are worried about stoicism and competitiveness and uh, other aspects of masculinity also being under attack. And, and we don't like it. So the thing about it is you have to define like what, what are the elements of masculinity and then define what are the elements of what, what's called so-called toxic masculinity. And I think it's also important to mention that like, there's not just toxic masculinity. There's also toxic femininity. It gets a lot less press, but it exists. And like I, I'm going to kind of spoil the ending here, but I think that the the issue with both of these has to do largely with people feeling like things are being forced upon them, or there are these rules that they don't agree with that are being enforced, and that those rules don't exist to make things better for anybody. And so it's more about people feeling this bullshit enforcement of norms that they reject. I can understand challenging the authority based off norms just for the sake of tradition. But not but the issue is also trying to eliminate norms as if they shouldn't exist whereas norm is just the definition of kind of the 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 mode or the kind of most occurring whatever it might be i don't think the definition of of normal is uh, a subjective one no but it, it, it's always going to end up coming down to if you think about like on a continuum from zero to 100 right and let's just say zero is masculine 100 is feminine right Okay, so we have a spectrum of masculinity and femininity. Yeah, and we could even break this down into, like, different areas. So, like, competitiveness, like, agreeableness, aggressiveness, like, showing of emotion, all those oh. things, and they go from zero to 100 in terms of, like, the most masculine traits, the most feminine traits, right? And so I think the issue is that there are these expected norms of where a man or a woman should fall on that scale in a given situation. And the the issue is the norm is going to be like how big, if this is your to total range here, right? Look, like this is your total range, right? So what what we're arguing well, about those is... Those of you who are trying to follow James, James said, look, and then held his I'm hand. I'm holding up my hands. So like, imagine this is the continuum, right? Mm -hmm. And so the question is like, if that if that's the entire range, then... The norm might be this narrow, but or this narrow, and it, it slides. And so the argument isn't should there be a range. I think everyone would be like, yeah, it's okay to have some kind of a range for what is normal, but how wide should that be, and where should it fall? And I'm basically going to be making the argument that it's probably that it's probably too narrow. In and I think that you're arguing that the narrowness is okay. So. But I think let's first come to an agreement for the basis of this conversation, right? And I, I always, I, I witness a lot of people have arguments where the two are on two different playing fields, okay, trying to have the same argument, but they're both arguing points that will never meet in the middle. So I think for us to have a conversation about masculinity and femininity, we have to agree that there's a spectrum, just as you introduced uh, and we have to agree that some things are going, so let's call the spectrum blue to pink, all right? So uh, you, you got blue on the on the masculine side, and you have pink on the feminine side. Now, we have to agree that a lot of these aspects are going to fall somewhere along the spectrum. Now, where one person may place them and another person may place them could be in different areas. But again, we're going to take the average of where those are being placed. And I think that we can agree that feminine and masculine, you and I at least, are actual, tangible, effectively, 
ideas and concepts. Uh, whereas not everybody's going to agree with us on, on that statement. Uh, you know, there's whole language models that are based on feminine and masculine. So, so yeah, but the thing is like in Spanish where you have basically every single noun is gendered, but it doesn't like the, the, the concept of a gendered noun in Spanish just means something completely different because like it's la mano, like, so hands are feminine, but like, it doesn't mean anything. It's not like having hands makes you feminine. Well, I think it's what you do with your hands. Well, <laughs> all right, moving on. Um, all right. Uh, I just, I want to touch and, and then I'll let, let you take the lead a little bit because you did a lot of research here. Uh, you sent me a web MD article uh, and there, and it's, it's talking about ma uh, toxic masculinity. And the WebMD article says the term originally came about during the late 20th century men's movement to describe narrow ideas of masculinity that were holding men back instead of empowering them. So that's the, again, we're coming back to that whole narrowness. Mm -hmm. They consider toxic masculinity a characteristic of immature men who had not yet found their deep spiritual masculinity. The men, this men's movement sought to increase communication or community among men rather than competition. Uh, multi-generational bonding as they felt that the inability to bond with their fathers was a source of emotional damage and to freely express emotion. So I think that, like, yeah, there's the, the whole narrowness thing. And like, I think one of the most, like, if, if we want to talk about like positive masculinity, and like the whole idea of like being secure in your masculinity is being willing to do things that are not traditionally considered masculine and be like, I can do this because I'm secure in my masculinity. An example of this would be like a father going to like a ballet with his daughter because she wants to see the ballet or a father going to a Taylor Swift concert with his daughter. Because he's confident within himself, but confidence arguably may be seen as masculine. Right, but you can be confident in your masculinity enough to be able to do feminine things and say, this doesn't affect who I see myself as a man. For example, I am currently wearing women's socks. Why? Because they fit my feet better. I don't care that they're women's socks. Well, look, I actually also wear women's socks because I want a... I find that the the low profile socks stretch out and they end up coming up well above my ankle, so I just buy the women's socks. However, I'm not going to buy women's socks with with pink toes and and pink lines all over. Well, that's the color that they came in, and I just don't. Oh, wait, yours are pink. Yours yeah. are actually pink. <laughs> yeah, they're like a light pink. I've got some bright pink ones. Like they're mostly black with like pink highlights. And it was like, you know uh, what? If someone's seeing my socks, then like, and they're pointing at why are you wearing pink socks? And be like. Because women's socks fit me better. That's the size that my feet are. Men's socks stretch out and they're too loose. And I like having tight-fitting socks. Uh -huh. um, and then they'd be like, well, why are you wearing women's socks? I'm like, dude, why do you care? <sighs> All right. Well, like, I'm confident in my masculinity to have a few items of women's clothing that fit me better. I'm not going to be going around wearing a dress because that's not my, that's not my game. But... Well, but then somebody may argue wearing a dress because you're confident enough to wear a dress is masculine. Well, I mean, you got kilts, which are basically skirts, and those are considered masculine. So, so uh, they're considered masculine because of what they represent, whereas a dress has a different representation. So, so my question, let me let me throw a few out there that I'm that we've seen increasingly over the last decade, um, man buns or a guy with a ponytail or a guy with a bun. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that just because aesthetically, I just think it looks stupid. I, I don't understand, and and I really like to. I think for you, it's just because you're jealous. It could, yeah, it could be because I don't have hair. But no, I mean, it makes me question. I see a guy who has hair, and I think, oh shit, that's what you've chosen to do with your hair. Uh, that seems like a strange thing to do. Just like I look at somebody, you know, with a car who's got all these accessories on his car, you know. Uh, uh, all this the uh, chrome things that stick on the car and the fake air intakes and I go oh, oh, yeah. you know, that, that could have been a nice car but look what you've done with it yeah you know, I look at I look at somebody with a full head of hair and say you got a you got a ponytail now 
for me on the spectrum of, of blue versus pink, that would that would seem pretty pink. Um, also, I've noticed a lot of men wearing bracelets uh, and in professional men. You know, I, I, well, I go into I go into banks and and you know I meet with a lot of professional people, and it's, to me, it's a little silly to see a guy wearing a wearing a suit and wearing some 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 nice dress shoes. Uh, you know, and and he's got some bracelets around his. Let me ask you this question. Yeah. What's the difference between a bracelet and a watch? Well, the watch arguably is a bracelet in itself. However, it's not strictly jewelry. It has some function. So when you throw a, a red ribbon around your uh, your wrist and call it Kabbalah, and then you throw some beads around your wrist, and, I don't know what you call it, Yaman Surfer, uh, and, and then you throw another bracelet around, and, and that's got some meaning because you saw it in the, in the checkout uh, line uh, at J. Crew. Uh, why are we wearing bracelets? It doesn't make sense. I understand wearing a watch. I get a lot of functionality out of my watch, but... Wearing some beads in my hand because I saw it in the checkout aisle at J. Crew doesn't doesn't seem to add any value. And men bracelets, some people might say that leans more blue, but I'm saying that's just I, I see it as neutral. I, I I think you've just been tricked into wearing something pink on your on your uh, on your wrist. Um, you know, on my list also I have here uh, uh, wimpy handshakes. Uh, I, I it was introduced to somebody yesterday, and it was a woman and most women I meet in business give me a pretty good handshake and she gave me kind of this like just extended her fingers onto onto my hand I thought that was that was a little strange and that was a woman um uh and, and <laughs> Kevin says aren't ties just really long necklaces aren't ties just really long necklaces so arguably yes however it is baked into our culture that it is a a masculine uh trend all right so you just hit onto something actually Culture. which is we make all these arbitrary distinctions about whether something is masculine or feminine and as i said it's completely arbitrary well i mean it sure and i would just want to hit tim murray's comment here on on tiktok he said uh east indian men wearing their hair in buns is cultural for them and that's well and you can look at like sikhs that have like their hair in like the turban Exactly, and that's uh, and and that would be seen as a more masculine thing in that culture. And I think anybody in in America that would see that would see that as a, most Americans would see that as a who understand would see that as a more masculine thing. But then you take the the dude that uh, grew up in the suburbs in Middle America and is now now or or is say is living in Brooklyn and wearing some overalls and has uh, some bracelets on his his wrist and maybe around his ankles and has a bun. That seems a little, little funny to me. I, I just don't so, see the, I don't see the utility in the bun, you know, whereas I don't see the utility in a watch or I'm sorry, in a, a bracelet, but I do the watch. So my question is, why does any of this matter? Cause like, well, because everyone's free to determine what they value. So for you, you can say that these, this set of items and, and behaviors that are viewed as traditionally masculine, those have value to you, right? I, well, I don't necessarily see it as value, but, no, but, but how, how, how can you I, not? I see our, our traditional definition of masculinity uh, slipping and getting confusing, whereas I do see some value in masculinity and I, we'll okay there, so that's we'll you're answering my like i'm getting i'm trying to get you to admit that you see value in traditional masculinity now right. i'm not going to be criticizing you for this what i'm going to be criticizing is saying that just because you find value in it doesn't mean that other people have to okay now but again our, the the issue is really the definition of traditional masculinity actually it doesn't and, matter here well, no, because, I mean, traditional no, no, masculinity, my argument? Just, just hear me out. Traditional masculinity could go back to, you know, when when men just freely raped women, right? Like, that's not, I, I don't think anybody agrees that's a positive, okay? But there are other elements of, of masculinity that, that we've come to hold as traditional. And I think that, that it could be very clearly a line drawn that there are some aspects of masculinity that are bad, okay? You know, rape, I'm, I'm sure for, for many millennia was very common. I mean, look at the fucking animal world and only a couple millennia 
uh, back, we were effectively just animals. So I, I can imagine there was a lot of that going on uh, and, and, and less the reverse of women raping men. Can, can I finish my argument here, right, though? Right, because sorry. the thing is, it doesn't matter what the definition of tra traditional masculinity is. It doesn't matter if your definition of tra traditional masculinity matches up with a textbook definition or something you find on a website or is the complete opposite. Because I don't, I don't actually care what your definition is for the sake of this argument. My argument is that what you personally define as traditionally masculine, you find valuable. And what I'm saying is that's totally okay. What I have an issue with is that we as a society, I don't think, should be judging people when their, their behaviors that work for them don't match up with our own personal beliefs and us saying, you should be doing this because you're a man, because, or you should be doing this because you're a woman. So whatever your, whatever your definition of traditional masculinity is, and you see that as a positive and you value that, that's all good. Where I have an issue is saying other people should be doing these things too because they have value. They have value to you. They might. They don't by necessity have value to others. Okay. So I want to, and and I will agree with you there. And, and we have Tim Murray here uh, who said African men wear bracelets and anklets as a symbol of masculinity. And again, that may be specific to their culture. Uh, and 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 that's very much. Go and I'm not saying it's not masculine. So you know, again. The the you were though to a to a degree, but we but but I'm allowing for perspective and context. And what I'm trying so to what I'm what I'm saying is that, that that perspective and context just needs to be expanded greatly. When I see a, a dude in Brooklyn with a beard and a flannel shirt and some overalls on, okay, that doesn't strike me as masculine because I know for a fact he's probably not chopping wood and building things. Right. And, 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 and that's where the conflict is. I want to read two passages, one from the National Library of Medicine, which I think is a link that you sent, and another one from theconversation.com. Both of them dealing with traditional masculinity. And the first one, National Library of Medicine, is, uh, is defining traditional masculinity in regards to aggression. And, and, and I'm just introducing these paragraphs for the sake of some fodder for us to talk about, really. Tradi traditional masculinity includes norms that encourage many of the aggressive behaviors, whereas traditional femininity emphasizes aggression very little. Uh, in addition, the lack of emotional regulation as well as a poor impulse control have been related to aggression, and in particular with reactive and proactive aggression. Aggression is defined as behavior with the intent to harm oneself or others, and is common behavior problem in adolescence. Reactive aggression is a reaction to a provocation or a threat, real or imagined. Moreover, it relates to low cognitive planning, impulsiveness, or intense emotional act, uh, activation. Proactive aggression is characterized by emotional detachment and emotional callousness. Uh, it is about an instrument, uh, an instrumental aggression related to a way of acting in which the end justifies the means. So what they're saying is that masculinity has to do with aggression and that there are two types of aggression. One is reactive. The other is proactive. And I think that kind of leads us more along the lines of, I think, masculinity versus femininity in, in like kind of a traditional Western sense is that men take an active role and women take a passive role. Well, and and men need to be aggressive because mm -hmm. if a woman is trying to take an active role as a man, you need to be the one who is in control. And that means that like you need to be active. And if she's trying to be the active decision maker or whatever, that's where the aggression comes in is you need to say, no, 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 I'm making the decisions. And right. I think that's part of the toxicity of it is that it does, it leads to these unequal relationships and disparate treatment of people well i i think if, if the reactivity is aggressive or the proactivity is aggressive and gr aggressive in this paragraph defined as a behavior with intent to harm oneself or others right yeah, but in, the, in your they, scenario it's harming the other right by suppressing them okay uh but again the thing is when we talk about masculinity what what we're really having a conversation about underlyingly is people's perception 
of masculinity, which are not always the same, which is why people have these arguments that they're on different playing fields effectively. So, so, you know, I, I bring this paragraph up and then you talk about men overtaking women for the sake of masculinity, which I didn't, I wouldn't necessarily have seen that as related to aggression. Which is well, you have to act aggressively about. to retake the, the, the initiative when, if you if you have this toxic masculine attitude that women can't make decisions over men and there's a woman that's trying to make a decision and trying to get you to go along with it, you might have to react aggressively against that to retake the initiative. And I'm not I'm not advocating for this. I'm highlighting this as an aspect of toxic masculinity. So let me let me read the statement from the conversation.com. By the way, I read the articles that you sent me and I, I found a few more articles. Now, when I say read, I read the first two or three paragraphs. So uh, what, 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 I'm joking. But uh, most of these are just in the beginning of these articles. This was on the conversation.com and is somewhat in line with the song that you sent me, which what was the name of the band? Uh, King Missile. King Missile, which is uh, actually a really, really funny band and the song. I don't know the name of the, what was the name of the song? Gay, not gay. Gay, gay versus not gay. Um, and so it's, it's a, the music was terrible and it was painful to listen to, but the lyrics were funny. <laughs> so, uh, but this, this statement is actually somewhat in line with, with that song. The conversation that comes men's homophobia, men's homophobia and misogyny can be framed as traditional masculinity. Yet when men sacrifice their comforts and health to provide for family or to give their lives to defend their country, this is regarded as traditional masculinity as well. The term has many meanings, yet these meanings are rarely explained. What are we talking about? When we refer to traditional masculinity, which tradition do we have in mind? The Buddhist Bodhisattva vow, the commitment to put others before oneself, the Jewish tradition of Nidha, where men can't hold hands or hug their wives during the week of menstruation? Or do we think of the famous English stiff upper lip? The wide spectrum of masculinities in any society alongside a plethora of cultural traditions. So again, a lot of this goes back to cultural traditions and uh, just kind of culture in, in general when we talk about masculinity. And, and again, are some of these things toxic? Could, is, it, is it toxic to oneself as a man or is it toxic to others? Well, in some respects it is because like think about this and like I'm guilty of this and I'm probably not going to change. But like I won't go to the doctor unless I feel like I am actively dying. Like so, so I haven't I, had a checkup in years. I hate going to the doctor with a burning passion. And that's that's seen as an aspect of toxic masculinity because like let somebody help you. And for me, I'm just like, no, I, I'm not going to spend money to hear what I already know. So again, but that also helps when you already know because you, because you specifically are an intelligent person when it comes to going to the doctor. Uh, now, do you think that's ingrained? And I'll give you an example of myself in, in just a minute. But do you think that that is ingrained with a man's drive to sacrifice their own comfort for the greater good or to give their lives to defend the country or for whatever better good. Do you think that's ingrained in a man that, that they, they put other needs ahead of their own physical no. well-being? I think that is a result of socialization. And if you want to trace it way, way back, you, there's probably a biological basis for this, which is, Let's say you've got a small society and we're talking primitive times, right? Mm -hmm. So in order for that society to continue, you got to have kids because people are going to die. Now, yep. how many kids can a mom, can, can a woman have? Well, you're supposed to have, the, the, the adage is you're supposed to have six kids because two will die in, as children or in childbirth, two will die in war, and two will go on to propagate your your family. All right. So, but like, let's just think about this in terms of like, how many, what's the rate of child production that a woman can have? And the answer is roughly one every about nine months, right? Okay. What's the rate that a man can produce children? At m much greater rate. I'd say once per nine minutes. <laughs> so okay. if you have, if you have a village and you've got 50 men and 50 women and you had to say, we're going to wipe out 49 of you. And 
what are your best odds for keeping that village going? If you wipe out 49 of the women, you're in really bad shape. If you lose 49 of the men, you'll probably pull through. Now, the ideal ratio is probably like lose 30 men and lose 10 women. So that way you still have like some genetic diversity in the village. But the point is that from an evolutionary or biological standpoint, men are expendable much more so than women. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's what I'm saying. Is this ingrained in you maybe to sacrifice your, yourself? And your but I think it's ingrained because as soon as people like, as soon as like humans evolved the, the capacity for some kind of rational thought and societal organization, they very quickly realized that women were more valuable than men when it came to keeping the society going. And so when there were dangerous things that needed to be done, they would have a man do it because the man was easier to replace. And that that history carries from 10,000 years ago to today in that men are more expendable than women because you need less men than you need women to rebuild a population. I, I want to hit. I want to hit Matt Wall's comment on on TikTok in just a second. But but uh, I don't necessarily think that it. Just to finish my point, that that's ingrained in us. But but I, I think it's a societal legacy of primitive times. Sure, societal legacy. But but again, are men standing up and be, saying I'm more masculine because I'm not going? To the doctor. So I'll give you I'll give you an example, and and this will lead into Matt Wall's comment about men and overalls uh, and location. I was chopping down some trees in the front of my house, and I thought it'd be great exercise to use an axe, which indeed it was. Um, but there was a lot of trees, and some of them were pretty damn big, uh, and I ended up injuring my shoulder, which uh, you know I I had known that it was either probably a torn rotator cuff and the treatment for that is surgery and then you you don't use it very much and then you can basically it has to heal and then you could just never really use it and you may lose the range of motion that you that you once had and the non-treatment aspect of it if i didn't get get seen that what you do is you stay off it don't use it let it heal and then just always go easy on it after that so the utility of going to the doctor and having them tell me my two options and then choosing either of the options was basically zero because I had those options without going to the doctor and it was the same outcome. You follow me? So on the notion of cutting down trees, Matt Wall says, or moreover asks, so a guy in overalls in Brooklyn is false, but a guy in overalls in Iowa is legit. Now, what I did say was overalls and a uh, what, what did I say? I know you're on mute, so it's not very helpful for me. I'm responding to Rosh about okay, so, something. All right. So uh, what did I say? A guy in overalls with a beard and a flannel shirt uh, in Brooklyn, I would, I would say is false versus a guy in Iowa with overalls and some lager boots on if he is indeed wearing overalls to protect himself from whatever debris. and he's wearing From the falling corn. From the point, I mean, yeah, there's probably not a lot of trees being chopped down in Iowa, but but really, my point is just that the guy in Brooklyn is dressed as something else, and that that arguably would be false. It's a style to him versus the guy who's actually chopping down trees or doing whatever work. It's actually utility to dress like that. I don't know about the beard. The beard is yeah, but like, I mean, what does it really matter? Because like, let's just come up with a crazy example. You're out in your front yard chopping down a tree with an axe okay. and in one example you're wearing, wearing overalls by the way right but let's just say you're wearing blue jeans and a plaid shirt okay and let's say in another example you're wearing a mini skirt okay what is it what's the difference well i think the mini skirt would be absolutely absurd whereas wearing uh some clothes to protect myself and some thick boots uh and some denim to protect myself probably a good idea also wearing protective eyewear a good idea. These are these are clothing options with utility. Now, if I happen to stroll through Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and I see a guy wearing protective eyewear, and he's eating a a, a vegan burger at a cafe, I'm going to look at the guy and say, "Okay, well, so I mean, doing? if we're gonna take like if we're gonna go to the extremes of like people acting in patently absurd ways, and Brooklyn's a great place to go for this, then like." 
but I, I don't want to, I don't want to get lost in the extremes of one side or the other because like you can go you can go to some places where people just do dumb and weird things and like it's easy to make fun of but at the same time they're not really harming anybody so who cares but I don't think those are sure, good examples but, to use for this discussion. Okay, but I mean, when it comes to masculinity, um, you know, and and are we taking away from masculinity if if somebody is faking it? I don't know. Like, I here, let me ask you this one because, like, I came up with a list of like, you're not a man if you, and you're not a woman if you, and came up with like some toxic things that like like what toxic masculinity would say is like, you're not a man if you. And toxic femininity, you're not a woman if you. And so, like, I mean, and I've heard all of these. Literally every single one of these. Like, I didn't have to, like, make up any of this. This was just things that I have seen in my own life. So, like, you're not a man if you don't want to have children. Okay. I, I wouldn't say... Uh, I'm I not would... saying you would... I'm not saying now, you said now, this. But again, this is cultural, and, and you're in a particular area uh, of the country. Whereas a lot of New Yorker men specifically don't want children but all right so i run down the list I, i'll try to you're not a man, a man if you cry or you or you show too much emotion well okay so look my question to that would be if you're looking for leadership and i'm not saying leadership needs to be by a man but I do expect some masculine qualities to a to a leader. And my question would be, who do you want leading you into adversity? The person that's crying because their emotions are overwhelmed or the person that is stoic? Well, it's still contextual because like the question is, the question becomes, when is it okay to cry? Because you could ask okay, this so, to a man so, or a woman, and you could say, okay, you just lost your child. Is it okay to cry? Most people would probably say yes, man or woman. But then I would ask, what value is that crying doing for you? I don't think anybody that's ever cried has been like, this is so valuable to me right now. Well, no, there's, there's people that I've said no, that. No, I, I mean, I, re I remember being, being a kid and, and, and the adults saying, stop crying. What are you crying for? And, and actually, right, but like for the most part, that. like I don't think people are crying because, like, they feel that it has value. I think it, most it's, people it's are crying. It's a reaction to an emotional to to exactly. an emotional stimulus. It's, it's an emotional stimulus that somebody can't handle, and they become overwhelmed with the emotion. And I think emotion irregulation is is an unstable thing. And if I want somebody, sure. But me, what I, what I'm saying I'm not, is, I'm not saying crying doesn't have a place. But what I'm saying is that you know. It, I would rely if if I was looking for someone to lead me, I would want more of a stoic and more of a rationalist than someone who's reacting to emotion. Right, but you're conflating you're conflating things because the qualities that you want in a leader are not necessarily masculine or feminine. They're qualities of a leader. Well, there may be some overlap with masculine I traits, but there's definitely some feminine traits that you would want in a leader too. But so so, but but what I'm saying is simply that I don't think that crying on the spectrum of masculine to feminine lands on the masculine side. It certainly doesn't. But okay. what I'm saying is that toxic masculinity is you're not a man if you cry. And I like, will I will on 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 that platform alone. I'll I'll agree with you. And so. I'm talking about these are th these are ideas that are actively harmful to men. That as a man you cannot cry, right. and hit, hit, hit the rest of this list here. Right, um, like you're not a man if you don't drink or you do or you don't like you won't do drugs. You're not a man if you aren't athletic in, all, in some way. All men do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like booze or cigarettes or something like being able to tolerate and ha like tolerate some amount of drugs and be able to still like function normally is considered manly and that's toxic like you are an athletic you aren't good at re repairing things or working with your hands or being like just quote unquote handy you're not a man if you're gay you're not a man if you like bright colors floral padding floral patterns tight clothes stuff like that you aren't a man if you don't like you aren't into cars or hunting or fishing or grilling 
you're not a man if you have fear of anything. And like all of these, like it's okay to be afraid of shit. I'm terrified of spiders, and I'm comfortable admitting that. But but I think the issue is where you fall on. So I, where you fall on the scale of masculinity, where you fall on the scale of manhood. Now I don't think that if you fall on the very far end of that scale, that you are particularly a good man. I think you need to need to fall somewhere between you know fifty five and 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 eighty five maybe. Right, but what I'm saying uh, is but, like but, your idea of masculinity shouldn't apply to other people. What your idea of masculinity should apply to yourself. But all fine, fair, and well. I I I'm not disagreeing with you. But I also think that the conversation that we're having now may more so explain the rise in non-binary people because it, it can get confusing. And and I'm not saying that all non-binary people are confused. Don't get me don't misunderstand. It's, it's more like that. the concept itself is confusing. But the but the concept of masculinity, you know, and and, and I will tell you something that Kevin uh, says worrying about where you fall on the scan, scale of, ma- of of masculinity is itself toxic masculinity, <laughs> to which I agree. Um, well, worrying about where you fall on the scale, yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah. It would never occur to me to, to ask myself where do I found the uh, where do I land on the on that spectrum. I actually and, know this answer for myself. And like, I took a personality it. test that I didn't realize was going to like score it this way, but like. At the end, it scored and it like gave various personality traits, and it gave like a ratio of masculine and feminine feminine traits. Mm-hmm. Um, take a guess where I landed. Fifty one point nine. You're off. It was like <laughs> yeah, low seventies, maybe like seventy. Oh, all right, yeah. I mean, I don't think I, I was joking. Um, but look, so the, the thing is, and this is this is where maybe I'm understanding it more is that you know in this kind of gender fluidity, we you know. Uh, zeitgeist we've had in the last few years i can i can understand a man wanting to be a woman i can understand a woman wanting to be a man right but i but i haven't been able to wrap my head around the non-binary i don't really want to be either right well i i I think it's one of two things and one of them is i don't want to be held to a standard of either masculinity or femininity that I can understand. Well, and that's that's where I'm going. So you know, maybe now I still don't understand it, but I'm I'm able to wrap my head around it, right? And, the, and the other one is like I don't want to identify as a man or a woman. That one's harder for me to wrap my head around. Well, that's, that's not. I don't want to be held to. Yeah, but the, but I think a lot of people that are non-binary would say, I just don't want to be held to the traditional standards of man or woman. So there's one where like I don't want to identify as a man or a woman. Period. The other is I just don't want to be held to the standards of either. And I think the the standard one that's easier for me to understand. Just like fuck it, I don't want to have to like be told what I can and can't do. Like maybe I'll wear a dress tomorrow. That would be strange. It would be strange, but that's what non-binary people want is just to be able to do what they like, what they feel like doing without being judged. <sighs> The, and there was a comment way back on either uh, Instagram or TikTok about about it sounds like you two guys are just judging people. I don't know where the anti-judgment movement, it hasn't been popular lately, you don't hear it, but I would say maybe 11 years ago, it was you people, shame on you if you judged someone. But I, I think that's that's literally what humans do is they classify and they classify through judgment. It's impossible not to go through a day without judging things. It's it, it's it's impossible to do. So as long as you recognize what your uh, what's the word I'm looking for prejudices are, right? What your your inherent prejudices are, uh, but that's people judge, and that's just how life goes. And you can't you can't say shame on you for judging. Now, if their judgment is wrong, and maybe it, it is stereotyped or prejudice, and 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 their action therefore is a wrong action then you know shame on them but just simply having judgments and observations i don't think there's anything wrong with that do you want to hit the toxic femininity because yeah and i mean this one i kind of just came up with on my own like i read through the article (laughs) oh god i thought i was really hoping these weren't yours well these are all things that i've heard Okay. Like, it, 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 this is not me saying. This is. These are not my opinions, by the way. 
These are just me like parroting things that I have heard. Right, so your first one is you're not a woman if you don't want children. And and it's funny because your toxic masculinity first trait was you're not a man if you don't want children. So I suppose if you don't want children, you're neither man nor woman, which actually has a sticking point. If you don't want children, are you then a... Uh, I was going to say heterosexual, but... Neuter, neuter. But but I, I, I heterosexual is not exactly where I wanted to go with that statement. Um, but, but like I would go even further with women. So like, for like I'd say toxic masculinity is like you're a man. You should want to pass on your seed. Mm-hmm. That's that's what toxic masculinity would say. And you're not a man if you don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I think for women, it's you're not a woman if you don't desire to have that nurturing that nurturing experience of raising a child, but also like, I think toxic femininity goes a step further and says, you're not a woman. If you don't like being around children, you don't like children. Exactly. Right. Yeah, women are more nurturing. Women are more likely to be teachers. And so, right. um, like you're not a woman, like again, like lesbian. So like, yeah, you're not a woman. If you like other women, like women are supposed to like men and men are supposed to like women. That's just how things are. Then. So like, like you're not a woman if you have dis- defined muscles because women aren't supposed to be like super athletic or. Built. I, I showed you the cover of that magazine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're not a woman if you have small breasts or you have short hair or you won't wear traditionally female clothes like dresses or skirts or bras. You're not a like or you're not a woman if you're super promiscuous because you're supposed to be like protecting your chastity. Mm-hmm. And like because and this is something like. When, when the topic of slut shaming comes up and like people get mad at men about it, I always laugh because women slut shame other women way more than men do. That, that, that is true. But so, so it, it doesn't sound so much to me that I, I wouldn't argue that because someone, because a, a girl plays sports or has small breasts or is muscular, that she's not a woman. I no, but it's more. Degree, it's I would a, argue a degree of femininity, and I and I and I think it would be difficult to have the counter argument against mine. But well, it's more like you're less feminine if you do these things. Yeah, but but again, not a woman. And yeah, I, yeah, and maybe I should have rephrased it to you. You are less feminine if you blank. But, but okay. it, now on. we're getting into like nomenclature. Okay, now. I think there are varying degrees of challenging masculinity and femininity. So if if you have a boy and you say toughen up, you you, you know you, it's just a bruise. You're all right. Don't cry. That's empowering. Whereas if you tell a girl she's a slut or a whore, that's tearing down. And I think those are I think those are different things. You know, one, and and not because one is feminine, one's masculine. I'm sure there are feminine things you could. You could you could say as well that wouldn't be tearing down, but would rather be empowering towards that end of the spectrum. Uh, fair enough. I'm gonna not engage with those comments. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, I will read uh, Matt Wall has been following us for a little while on TikTok, and thank you guys on TikTok for following us. Don't forget to subscribe to Sip Talk Podcast on YouTube or the audio podcast platforms. Little plug. Um, but uh, Matt Matt Wall said, "This is why everyone hates dads and dad's side of the family." I didn't think it was a thing to hate dads. It is. It is. What, hold on. <laughs> there's there's a comma in there. If you're going to transcribe my thoughts, <laughs> is it, it is it comma or after is where <laughs> like I think there's a certain type of dad that people like grew up with that certain people grew up with that they didn't like. And that was like the super distant dad or the angry dad where like you didn't even want to talk to your dad because all he would do is just get angry that you're bothering him. And so that's where it comes from is like this basically dad that never wanted to be a dad, dad, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But I feel like that was also men from a, a, a long while back, right? Like if you take our parents' parents, mm-hmm. right? It, the uh, man, the yeah, man uh, had very little to do with child rearing and child caring 
and anything to do with the house. The man was a provider. The woman was the caretaker, took care of the home and the children. So the man right. was very much hands off. And right. then also, therefore, distant to a degree with the children. You know, mm -hmm. And men aren't, uh, men aren't, not that men don't have that capacity. But it, like spending a lot of time with your kids is considered to be a more feminine thing. And that's, that's a, that's an aspect of like toxic well, genderism because like men are discouraged from spending a lot of time building a relationship with their kids because that's not masculine. I don't necessarily think that they're discouraged from it. I just think less so today, but I would say in the past very much so. I don't think so. I think they are encouraged to do other things at a stronger at a stronger rate because means that they're discouraged. You only have so much time. So if you're encouraged to do one thing over another, that means you're discouraging the thing that you're foregoing. Not, I don't, I don't think they're mutually exclusive though, but they are time is mutually exclusive. Uh, uh, that aspect of the argument. Yes. But, but, but I that's the think, entire argument. I think there's a lot more time though. I think, I think time can be made and taken from other things. Which right, is why, which, which is why, spending more time working doesn't mean spending less time, always, right? But playing with if, your with your kids. If you're sitting on, if you're sitting in the lounge chair with the beer, watching the football game instead of playing with your kids, because that's what you want to do, you can think about 1960s stereotypical dad. I don't think. But my point is, I don't think anyone is encouraging that. No, but it used I, to be. I don't. I don't. I mean, I wasn't around in the 60s. Neither uh, was I. I. I have watched a lot of Mad Men, but uh, um, but but also, but that also goes back to the traditional men. Uh, and 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 Jess says this in uh, uh, what do you uh, TikTok? Men She said because men provide, but traditionally men were the providers. That that not the case anymore. Um, I mean, it's still you know traditionally the case. But traditionally, it was the men that worked and the women that took care. And now that's obviously changing. So as the women now provide more, men need to step up their game on the, the other fronts. Let me ask you this question. Is that a bad thing? The, that men are no longer like, considered to have the responsibility of being the provider? Well, uh, you know, in terms of if you break it down to an efficiency model, Right? How? What's the best way to raise a family and sustain life? Uh, the, you break it down to an efficiency model, and this is just for the sake of the argument. I don't, and we can we can move on from here. Uh, think about it like an assembly line. Each person has their own duties. One person doesn't build a car. One person puts the tire on the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next person so, does this. So if the man has one duty and the woman has one duty. So the natural, the, the natural follow up to that question is, if I accept the assembly line the assembly line argument, then my next objection would be what's to say that the woman works and the man stays at home. You play to your, you play to your strong points. Maybe the woman has a better job. Um, and, and that's where the traditionalism kind but of being a stay at home. Dad is not traditionally masculine. No, I, I, I didn't say it is. sounds like a great job. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. That's, that was it. It was a joke. We have uh, roughly a minute and a half left. I don't feel like we're bringing this home, but I also don't feel like we went out too far. We did. I don't th think we disagreed that much. You didn't defend men's bracelets uh, as much as I thought you would, although you did defend men's socks uh, a little more than I thought you might have. <laughs> I'm sorry, women's socks. <laughs> Even though we are both wearers of women's socks, uh, I'm just saying that. Like, how do we bring this? Criticizes my socks, like. I'm gonna tell him the fuck off. How do we bring this one home? Where and and where are we bring this home from? Well, I, I I think we need more time on this. Well, we'll we'll let the time run here. We're in possession. Um, and uh, any 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 plugs you got here? You want to plug our, our podcast again on YouTube or uh, any audio podcast platform? Uh, should we plug the book? You read the book, right? Um, well, you saw it. Yeah, I, like I didn't have time to go through all of it. Like, how about you do the plugs, and I'll try and think about like I, I feel like we need more time on this. Like, we just we're we're still in the middle of the discussion and trying to come up with some kind of like conclusion here, and we haven't we haven't addressed all the points yet. 
All right. All right. So the book is called Beyond Human Conception, How Artificial Intelligence Perceives Our World, a visual immersive, visually immersive experience of people, places, things, and concepts. Uh, the book is available on Amazon in hardcover, softcover, and on Kindle. Check it out. Uh, on that note, we are out of time, so I am going to log us off. I want to thank everybody, thank everybody for joining and say adios. And I'll bring us offline. Sorry, folks. We're still online. Thanks for coming. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Adios. Adios. All right. That completes this episode. You made it the whole way. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, YouTube, any audio podcast platform. And that way, we'll see you next time. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.